This morning for our text, we'll reread the verses that Brother Tom read for us. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. These are Christ's own words. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which, when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found that one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. I guess if you were going to put a title to the message this morning, you could call it The Value of the Gospel. I think we would all agree that everything really that we have in life as far as consumer goods anyway and any um, material possessions come with a price. Those things are purchased with a price. Even if something is given to us, we don't pay for it ourselves. Somebody else purchased it. So everything has a price in life. We know, too, that the greater the price, the more valuable something is determined to be. You can drive a car worth $25,000. You can drive a car worth $125,000. They'll probably do the same thing. They'll get you from point A to point B, but there's a difference in value based on what somebody's willing to pay. And really, that is what value is determined by. It doesn't matter what we think necessarily, if we deem something valuable or invaluable, the value is determined always by the amount someone is willing to pay for that item. I'm always intrigued by the old Antiques Roadshow. I especially like those episodes when somebody will bring something and they don't even know what it is. They have no idea what it's worth, and often they'll find out they have a priceless treasure on their hands, and I love to watch their reaction when they get the news. I saw one episode in particular, I think it actually originally aired in 2010, and a man brought this old painting, came in with this thing tucked under his arm, and the art appraiser, when she saw him with this painting, she was a little agitated and excited at the same time, a little upset at the careless way he was treating this picture, but she put it on this easel and she began to explain what this man had. Apparently this was an original painting by a prominent Latin American artist named Diego Rivera, and it was part of a collection that had been missing for years. They considered actually the lost painting well, come to find out, this painting had been hanging on a wall behind this man's door in his house for years. Couldn't even see it unless the door was closed. Didn't put a lot of value in it. He got it from his great-grandparents who bought it in Mexico in 1930. But she began to tell him that actually what he had was a painting worth about 800000 to $1 million. And all he could say was, I don't know what to say. Kept saying that over and over again. He was speechless. And I just read recently, a couple years ago, it had been reappraised and it was revalued at $2.2 million. Well, it's worth whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. This man for years didn't think it was worth anything more than a space on the wall, but uh, it had great value to at least those collectors and those who would appreciate something like that. 
Well, this morning I want to consider a couple questions. The first one is, what value does Christ place on us? It doesn't really matter what other people think. It doesn't even matter what we think of ourselves sometimes. The question is, how valuable are we to the Lord? What value does he place on us? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, it lets us know that. It says, you're not your own, but you're bought with a price. What is that price? Well, 1 Peter Chapter 1, verse 18 and 19 tells us, for as, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, verse 19 says, but with the precious blood of Christ and of a lamb without blemish and without spot, we are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. Far greater value than any gold or silver that's the price, the value Christ placed on our redemption. Our souls are more precious to the Lord than anything else on earth, and He was willing to pay the ultimate price for every one of us. What does He redeem us from? The Bible tells us He came to redeem us from the power of Satan. It says He came to destroy the works of the devil. Psalm 103, verse 4 lets us know He wants to redeem our lives from destruction and crown us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He came to redeem us from our sin and our iniquities and to set us free, to break those chains that have people bound. You know, that could only be purchased through Christ's own precious blood. That's the price Christ paid and was willing to pay for us. Well... The next question is, what value do we place on Christ? We know what value he places on us because he tells us, what value do we place on Jesus? How important is eternal life to you? What does Christ's sacrifice and his shed blood mean to you personally this morning? What price are you willing to pay? How far are you willing to go to lay hold on those precious and exceeding promises in God's word? Jesus lets us know what it cost him, but he lets us know what it will cost us as well. He tells us, if any man will be my disciple, let him first deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That has never changed. The cost of discipleship is always the same. Christ paid the ultimate price. We must give the Lord everything in return. You know, you can't bargain shop for your salvation. We all like a bargain in life. We look for bargains. There's an old Irish proverb that says, a bargain is buying things we don't need at prices we can't resist. Well, that's how you end up with a house full of stuff you don't need. A bargain is also something you can buy cheaply or far less than the usual price. Well, in life there are bargains, but when it comes to spiritual things, there are no bargains. The charge... There's no changing the usual price. It's set by Jesus himself. You know, the rich young ruler, he came to the Lord and he asked the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? But he, he wanted the gospel at a bargain. Jesus told him, keep all the commandments. And the man did, except for the very first one, which was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, 
mind and strength. And he wasn't willing to keep that one. He wanted the gospel on his terms. He wanted it at a bargain. But he went away sorrowful because he wasn't willing to pay the price. You know, Jesus did not require anything more of him than he did of any of his other disciples or even of what he requires of us today. The price is the same to have this treasure and this pearl. You know, the problem with a bargain is you usually get what you pay for. I remember, we've all probably, the men here have all heard of Harbor Freight. That's a discount place where you can go and buy a cheap tool, but don't usually plan on using it more than once. I remember I had some ratcheting straps one time from Harbor Freight, and as I was strapping down the load, I snapped those things. Well, you get what you pay for. Well, you know, you might think you're getting a great deal, but when you need it the most, it fails you. Well, we don't want a bargain shop salvation. Cheap grace will fail you when you need it the most. An easy salvation, something that doesn't cost us anything. We may think we're getting a great deal, but in the end, when you need it the most, it's going to fail you. A gospel that doesn't deliver you from sin. A gospel that doesn't set you free, that doesn't give you victory. A gospel that leaves a person defeated isn't worth anything at all. You don't want a half-off gospel. When you need something powerful, you want the real thing and you want to be willing to pay the price to receive that pearl and that treasure that we read about. The value is represented in those parables. We see some different circumstances, two different parables, but we see some similarities in both of those parables. It speaks about the treasure and it talks about the pearl and it likens the kingdom of God to both of those things. So the Lord is letting us know that the kingdom of heaven is of immeasurable value. You know, one man seemed to almost stumble upon it. The man who found it in the field, the other was searching for it. He was looking for that pearl, a great price. But it doesn't really matter how they came by it. We see the similarity is that when they both found it, what they were looking for, they were willing to sell everything else to obtain that pearl and that treasure. You know, I read two different testimonies this last week. I read the testimony of Brother Cal Wolf, and I also read the testimony of Brother Elmer Luca. And I thought Brother Cal Wolf, he was kind of like that man who found that treasure in the field. He just kind of stumbled on it one day. Didn't know anything about the gospel. Raised on an old sheep farm in Wyoming. Didn't even know why he was born or what, what his purpose in life was. Was this kind of aimless and drifting? Later he joined the Navy. And on the deck of the ship one day, the USS Enterprise, he saw something that changed his life. He said he was looking over the shoulder of a younger man that was seated down below him. And the man had the Bible open. And he had it underlined. And it was open to John 3.16. Brother Cal read those words, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He said, uh, it's like a light bulb came on that day. He said, I never even realized God had a Son. That's how ignorant He was. But that day, Jesus began to talk to His heart, and the Lord showed Him, the reason you're so miserable and heartbroken is because of the sin in your life, and you need Me in your life. That began Him on that quest. And that journey, something happened that day. He found it on the board, the board of an old ship, on the deck. 
Kind of like that hidden treasure. He almost stumbled on it. But about three months later, when their ship was under attack, he said he fell into, he went into the optical room on that ship and he fell on the deck there and he just cried out to the Lord. But he told the Lord, I don't want to serve you just to get me out of trouble. I want to serve you because I'm tired of my old life of sin and I want to live right. God saved him that day. He said, the sound of the battle and the sound of those machine guns just kind of dimmed away. And he said he felt like he was there alone with the presence of the Lord in that little optical shop. God saved him that day. And you know what? He gave the rest of his life for the gospel. He sold out and never looked back. It's like that man who found that treasure in the field. I thought about Brother Elmer's testimony, a little different. He was also saved in the service, but he tells about being in a little tar paper shack on an army base in Washington. And he said the Lord had been convicting him of his sins. So one day he just knelt by that old potbelly stove and he cried out to the Lord, said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And the Lord saved him. Brother Elmer knew where to look. He'd been raised in a minister's home, but uh, his mom died when he was young and he kind of gave up hope for he drifted around for several years. But that day, the Lord saved him. After he got out of the service, he went back to Decatur, Illinois, where he and his wife, sister Ellen, Helen, were actually ended up being married after he was discharged. She was also saved during that time when he was in the service. So he said they started out and they raised their family in a Christian home. They started out with a Christian home, but he, he said he always felt like the church they attended taught salvation, but he felt like there was something missing. There was something more. And he got a hunger for more of God and began to pray and say, Lord, just show us where the people of God are. If there's more, Lord, show us and lead us. One day he got a church paper from the church in Los Angeles, California. And he said as he read it, it was like the Lord just revealed to him, this is what you've been looking for. Well, you know what he did? He sold his house. He sold their furniture. Sold everything they had except the few possessions that they needed. They loaded up an old panel truck and they sent it out for Los Angeles, California to find this pearl, this thing he was searching for. They had some setbacks along the way, but finally the day came when he got there to Los Angeles and he described how it was the first time he stepped into a church service. He said as he opened the doors there and he stepped into that church for the very first time that Sunday morning, he said it was like a voice just spoke out of heaven. This is what you've been looking for. He said, I found it. I found that thing that I was searching for. Sold everything to find what he was looking for. That very day, Brother Carver was the pastor at the time. Preached a sermon on sanctification. Brother Elmer never even heard of that before. But it resonated. The Lord said, this is what you're looking for. Somebody made a comment afterward that that was a pretty rough sermon. They didn't think they'd be back, but it was back. They kept coming back. That year they went to camp meeting. They were both sanctified. They returned home after camp, and there was a revival going on in Los Angeles, and they both received their baptism, and they sold out. You know what? They gave everything to serve the Lord, and they never looked back. Like that man who found that treasure, that man who found the pearl, they were willing to sell everything else to obtain this treasure. You know, in these parables, the treasures are hidden. Spiritual truths are often missed because people look for them in the wrong places. It's not found through power or human intellect or worldly wisdom. It's found through simple faith in Jesus Christ. And you won't find it any other way or in any other place. 
is found only in Jesus Christ. I appreciated Brother Gary's message last Sunday night, and he kept emphasizing Jesus' words. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except by me. You know, the world will tell you it's foolish to put all your investments in one place or all your eggs in one basket. The gospel says it's foolish not to. It's in Jesus Christ. That is where you'll find this treasure and this pearl. It's found at the foot of the cross. It's found at the same place and in the same way for everyone. It says, it says that the preaching of the cross to those who perish, it's foolishness. But it says, but to those who are saved, it is the power of God and a salvation. You know, it's often missed because it's so misunderstood. The kingdom principles make no sense to the world. It's kind of like trying to explain compound interest to a kid. They just don't understand it. You just say, well, get started early. The more you give and the longer you're at it, the better your investments will turn out. Well, that's kind of like the gospel. But Jesus tells us, he says that the man who loses his life for my sake shall find it. The one that finds his life shall lose it. That makes no sense to the world. Jesus speaks about strength through weakness. Paul said that the Lord's strength was made perfect when he was weak. The Bible talks about victory through surrender, greatness through service. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, was quoted as saying, the greatness of a man's power is the measure of his surrender. These principles make no sense to the world. But these are the treasures, some of those treasures that God's Word uh, speaks about, but they're taken by faith. They're received through faith. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 and 4 lets us know, it says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the gospel of Christ should shine unto them. It's hid to those who are intentionally lost. It's hid to those that are willfully ignorant. It's hid to those that are looking somewhere else. But the good news is that treasure can be found this morning. You know, it may take some digging. It may take some seeking. It may require some sacrifice to find it. Oh, but when a person finds it, it transforms their life and it's available to all. One other similarity between these two men is once they found that treasure and that pearl, they stopped stopped looking for anything else. You know, when a person is saved and born again, when they're delivered from sin, when their lives are transformed, there's no reason to look for anything else. The gospel satisfies. It's the only thing that will truly satisfy. You know, as I was reading these parables, I thought about that first one again, and There's another person in this parable that we don't probably think about very often. He's not really described, but I thought about that original owner of that field. You know, that man would have never sold that field if he had realized the priceless treasure that he had in his own possession, in his own field. He didn't know what he had. The man who discovered it knew what it was, but the man who originally owned the film... The, the field had no idea. Well, you know, I kind of liken that sometimes to those who are born and raised in the gospel. Those that are born in Christian homes, they know about God's plan of salvation. 
from the time they're born, they were literally born in the field. But so often, sadly, they start to look around and the God of this old world can blind their minds and they think maybe there's another field out there somewhere. Maybe there's treasures to explore that I haven't found. And so they set off on a search for a treasure they'll never find. You know, in the end, they're left bankrupt and heartbroken. When the answer was right there in front of them all along, the treasure was available to them. I was reminded of a little story I'll share with you. It says, in the mid-1800s, a man sold his ranch in Northern California to look for gold nuggets. The new owner put a mill on a stream that ran through the property. One day, his little girl brought home some sand from the stream in a jar and sifted through it. In the sand were the first shiny nuggets of gold to be found in California. If the original owner had stayed put, he could have had all the gold he ever needed. Since that day, $38 million in gold has been taken out of those few acres that he sold. What's the application? says, it's better to make the most of what you have before trying to find happiness somewhere else. Maybe what can really make you happy is just hidden from your sight, temporarily out of view for a while. Look hard, dig in where you are before you sell. Study the problems that might be pushing you away from your loved ones and the Lord before you leave something very important behind. Look hard before you leave. You know, if you're here this morning, if you've been raised in this gospel, God bless you. You have a great treasure at your disposal. If you came in some other way, you know what? Grab a hold of this gospel. It will change your life. The good news is it's available for everyone. It's for the whosoever will. You know, in the financial world, we hear about all kinds of different investments. You hear about high-risk investments, moderate-risk investments, low-risk investments, long-term investments, short-term investments, high-yield investments, slow-yield investments. Well, the Lord offers us something far better than what the world offers us. You know, the Lord offers you a long-term, high-yield, no-risk investment, and it's guaranteed by Jesus Christ Himself. Tells us to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't corrupt and where thieves can't break forth and steal. That's a long-term investment. You don't get any longer than eternity. It's a great hedge against inflation too, by the way. You know, what do we gain when we invest in the gospel? We're always interested in the returns. What do we gain when we purchase this treasure and this pearl? Well, how about freedom from guilt and condemnation? Deliverance from bondage and sin, hope of eternal life, a peace that passeth all understanding. The Bible says when a man's ways please the Lord, he causes even his enemies to be at peace with him. How about God's provision? It says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How about God's protection? Psalm 121.7 says, The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. Proverbs 29.25 says, Whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. You know, when you consider the benefits, you realize the gospel's a bargain at any price. 
says the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. For these two men in this parable, you know, there was no risk or speculation involved in buying this pearl and this uh, treasure because they realized what they bought would not only hold its value, but it would increase over time. It was an investment opportunity too good to pass up. It was fail-proof. Well, that treasure, again, it's available to all. The Bible says it's for the whosoever will. Jesus, the Word of God tells us it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But the purchasing price is the same for everyone. We obtain it the same way these two men did. We have to be willing to sell everything. You know, people get hung up on that. That wasn't a mandate from the Lord to literally go out and sell everything you have and give it away and live off the charity of others. That's not what Jesus was talking about. But it's a spiritual application. We need to give our hearts and our lives completely to the Lord without reservation. But you realize that what we benefit far outweighs any sacrifice we may have to make. The greatest risk isn't in giving the Lord everything The greatest risk is in holding things back from the Lord. You know, the Lord, again, He can give you this treasure this morning. The focus of this parable here isn't in what we have to give up, but rather in what we gain to follow Christ. Well, the Word of God also lets us know what we lose when we refuse to do so. But we have a choice this morning. What's it worth to you? What is eternal life worth to you? What is it worth to you to know that you can be saved this morning, that you can walk out of this place a new creature in Christ Jesus? You can be free and forgiven. What's that worth? What's it worth to know that if you should die, you're ready to meet the Lord? What's it worth to know that you can have God's blessings and His provisions in this life? What's that worth to you? Jesus also asked a question, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lost his own soul? We have a choice this morning. But if you're here and you're unsaved, if you're willing to pay that price, the Lord will bless you. The Lord will give you that treasure. And for those of us who've been saved, we want to hold on to that treasure. We want to cherish it and appreciate it every day and protect it. Whatever your need is this morning, the Lord can meet you. We're going to sing 489 and let's come and seek the Lord.